0: Um, does, anybody, does anybody at church today like change? Where are my people at that really like change? I mean, you just thrive in change. You love change. Where are my people at that you're like, you know, I can do some change, but not a whole lot of change? Is that anybody in the room today? All right, now where's everybody at that's like, don't change anything. Just, just leave everything the same. I don't like when things change. I, I find it interesting because when you talk to people about change, a lot of times, uh, most of the time, you'll, you'll discover that little changes here and there don't bother most people all that much. Uh, but the big changes bother us, right? Uh, I, I like uh, just a little small change here and there. Come on, is anybody just every once in a while, you just rearrange the furniture in the living room just to get, you know, just get it. Every, just a, that's just a little change. You're not moving homes, but you're just rearranging some things. Come on, anybody going to Hobby Lobby and you're, you see that new decor that they've got in there, you know, for the new season. You're like, you know, all the stuff that when you're, you know, all, all you ladies are telling your husbands, you're like, everything in our house is so old and we need all of this new stuff, and so you're getting all this, and you're replacing one thing with another because you just like a little bit of change. I, I know even for me, I, I'm, a couple of, uh, I'm a couple of iPhones behind. Um, I like whenever a new phone comes out. I like the new technology, the new phone, um, all of those things. I like, I like little changes, but sometimes it's the big changes that, that bother us a lot, right? And what I have discovered, what's interesting to me, is that most of us, most of us would say that we don't really like big changes unless we're in desperate need of a big change anybody ever been in desperate need of a big change i mean you just you you're not much for big changes you don't you know you're not much for changing careers changing jobs especially if you've been there for a long time or moving homes or moving across the country like these big changes but it's interesting how things begin to shift inside of us whenever we're in desperate need of a big change and it changes everything Whenever we need something in our lives. And I want to, what I want to do, uh, just for a few minutes, I'm not going to talk to you for very long today. But as we're here and we're celebrating and we're talking about this title, Subject to Change, I just want to give you three things really quick um, that I believe the Lord put on my heart to share with you today for this Sunday specifically that I hope are going to speak to you and will be an encouragement to you. Here's, here's the first thing, as we talk about this concept of change. We have to understand that Jesus' sacrifice changed everything. Jesus' sacrifice changed everything. Now, this might, be the most, um, this might be the most common. This might be what you came in expecting to hear today, right? We're celebrating the resurrection of Jesus. It changed everything. I want to read to you from Matthew 27, uh, where it's, it's, it's talking about, the crucifixion, and there's one, uh, there's a, a verse or a couple of verses there at the end of this passage that I want to touch on for just a moment. But this is Matthew 27, and we'll start in verse 45. It says, At noon, darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. At about three o'clock, Jesus called out with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, Lamai, Sabbatni, which means, My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? So Jesus is on the cross in this moment. It says, Some of the bystanders misunderstood and thought he was calling for the prophet Elijah. One of them ran and filled a sponge with sour wine, holding it up to him on a reed stick so he could drink. But the rest said, wait, let's see whether Elijah comes to save him. Then Jesus shouted out again, and he released his spirit. And if you read it in the other Gospels, we know that Jesus made this statement. He said, it is finished, or it is accomplished. In other words, what I have come to do, it has been accomplished. It says that he shouted out again, and he released his spirit. And at that moment... The curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, rocks split apart, and tombs opened. The bodies of many godly men and women who had died were raised from the dead. Um, Jesus' sacrifice, that changes everything. Jesus was the perfect sacrifice for our sins. I don't know if you know this or not, but he was born perfectly. He lived a perfect, sinless life. He laid his life down for us. He took our sins on him. Come on, he even said, they, they don't... Nobody's taking my life. I'm laying it down. I'm laying my life down for, for, uh, for you and for me. And he laid his life down. He took on all the sins of the world on himself. And he died the death that we deserved. And Jesus accomplished, listen, Jesus accomplished everything that you needed for relationship with your heavenly father. Everything that you needed. Jesus changed it all. There's at the very end of this, in I believe it was verse 51, where it talks about it says that there was this curtain, there was this veil, there was this this material that separated uh, where God's presence was and where people could come to. And only certain people could go into his presence. And it says that when Jesus died and he shouted out in this loud voice and says that at that moment the curtain in the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. You know what that means for you and I? It's, it's things that people in the Old Testament could not experience that we get to experience because of what Jesus did, that we can enter into the presence of God, that we, I don't know if you can feel it, I don't know if you can sense it, you know, I, sometimes I think we, we chalk up the presence of God to whether or not we felt goosebumps, come on, anybody ever, you know, left church and you had goosebumps all over your arm and like they sang your song, you know, it's like, well, that was my, you know, that was my jam today at church and, well, I was getting my worship on today and you left and... And, and it was like, man, like God's presence was there. Can I just tell you today, God's presence is here. It's not, a matter of, it's not a matter of whether or not you feel it. It's a matter of being aware that God's presence is here. And because of what Jesus did, it changed everything. This separation between us and the presence of God, now we can experience and live in the presence of God. We can have relationship with our Heavenly Father and experience His presence because of what Jesus did. And what Jesus did, it changes everything. His sacrifice changed everything. And here's the second point that I want to spend a little bit of time on today. And it's this, that your situation is subject to change. Your situation is subject to change. Now, I want to read a few verses. Uh, one of them is the most familiar, maybe the most familiar verse in all of the Bible. It's John three sixteen. Says for this is how God loved the world, He gave His one and only Son, so that somebody say so that, yeah. so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. When I was reading this and preparing for this, and I knew kind of where the direction that the Lord, because obviously you know on Easter we're here to celebrate the resurrection, and we're going to talk about the resurrection, we're talking about how good God is and what He's done for us and what Jesus has done for us. But when this when this idea uh, for things being subject to change came into my mind, I was reading this verse and. And it, it stood out to me in a different way this time when I was reading it. That what Jesus did, I think that in this popular verse, Jesus is saying that his sacrifice made our lives subject to change. It says, here's what, here's what God did. God loved you so much that he sent Jesus to die for you so that everything in your life could be subject to change. If you'll place your faith and your trust in him. If you'll believe in him. There was a, there was a prophet named isaiah many of you probably heard of isaiah in the old testament and he sees this vision of what jesus would do for us and this is hundreds of years before jesus would come he sees this and he writes it down this way and this is what the bible says isaiah 53 says yet it was our weaknesses he carried it was our sorrows that weighed him down and we thought his troubles were a punishment from god a punishment for his own sins but he was pierced for our rebellion crushed for our sins he was beaten so we could be whole He was whipped so we could be healed. We could say it this way. He was pierced so that my situation could change. He was crushed so that my sins could be forgiven and removed. He was beaten so that I could be made whole, so that what's going on inside of me, my inner inner person, I could be made whole. Like He was doing these things so that everything inside of me, it was like, hey, that can be subject to change based on what Jesus has done for you. It says all of us like sheep have strayed away we have left god's paths to follow our own yet the lord laid on him the sins of us all he was oppressed and treated harshly yet he never said a word he was led like a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep is silent before the shears he did not open his mouth unjustly condemned he was led away no one cared that he died without descendants that his life was cut short in midstream but he was struck down for the rebellion of my people he had done no wrong and had never deceived anyone but he was buried like a criminal He was put in a rich man's grave. But it was the Lord's good plan to crush him and cause him grief. Yet when his life is made an offering for sin, he will have many descendants. He will enjoy a long life, and the Lord's good plan will prosper in his hands. When he sees all that is accomplished by his anguish, he will be satisfied. And because of his experience, my righteous servant will make it possible for many to be counted righteous, for he will bear all their sins. Because of what Jesus did, everything is subject to change. Have you ever wondered if your life could change? I was thinking as as I was preparing for today that there's a chance that there may be people in this room today that maybe even right now you wonder if your life can change. And and people have tried to to share Jesus with you. Or maybe they've talked about how God changed their life and how he made a difference in them. And sometimes don't we have don't we have this mentality sometimes well God did that for you, but you don't know what I've done. Or you don't know where I've been. You don't know what I have experienced in my life. You don't know the family that I came out of. You don't know how bad things have gotten for me. And sometimes we wonder, right? You ever wondered, like, can God really? Can God, Like, I hear what you're saying, but can God really change me? Can God really, like, can my life really change? You ever wondered if your circumstances could change? You're walking through something, and somebody shares with you how God was faithful in their situation and how God came through for them, and, and you begin to wonder, it's like, God, are you, like, can you do that? Can you do that for me? Like, what I'm walking through, can it actually change? Can I actually come out? Like, can you actually work all things together for my good? can you actually take what I've walked through and if I really surrender my life to you, can you actually work it together for my good? And, and I see situations change and circumstances change and my perspective on what God is doing in my life, can it really, can it really change? And I think sometimes we would, we would say, we sing a song like, that song is it's the first time we have sung that song, More Than Abel. And we sing a song like that and we declare, you know, like, who am I to deny what the Lord can do? And God is more than able. And I was asking myself this question this morning as, as I walked into the room and, and worshiping to this song. I thought, do we really believe that God is more than able? Do we really believe that what we're walking through right now or what our circumstance looks like right now or our marriage or our illness or whatever's going on in our life, that that God actually can do something about it, that God actually can work it all together for our good, that God actually can change it, that God actually can use it, that it actually is subject to change. I was reminded the, the story of Abraham and Sarah in the Bible. It's in, in Genesis, the very first book of the Bible. And just to give you, I'll just run through these really quickly. This is kind of the, the premise in a nutshell, but God has promised Abraham he's going to be the father of many nations. Many of you have probably read this. He's promised him that he's going to be the father of many nations. Sarah's unable to get pregnant. They, you know, they, they've all but given up hope. They're, they're of age. I mean, they're like old in age now, right? If you read your Bible, it's kind of funny the way that it, you know, the way that they word some of that. It's like, you know, it's like, well, like God, can you really do this? Cause we're old, you know? And some of us feel that way, not that we're old, but some of us feel like, God, can you really do this? Because this is where I've been. God, can not really just, and some of us have even probably given up hope in some regards that that's probably not ever going to change, and I'm probably I'll always have to deal with that, and I don't even know if my life could change because I have been so far away from God for so long that I don't know, I, I don't know what side is up and what side is down right now, and there's no way God can love me. So Sarah's unable to get pregnant. They're waiting, they're waiting, they're waiting. God promises Abraham and Sarah that they're going to have a son. Sarah's in dif- disbelief, and the Bible even says that she laughed, and uh, you know, it's like, and she says, like, I'm, like how am I going to have a child at this age? How is this going to happen for me at this age? And then there's this powerful couple of verses in Genesis 18 that I want us to look at together. This is Genesis 18, 13, and 14. Then the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? Why did she say, can an old woman like me have a baby? Can I ask you today? May- maybe the Lord's asking you today, why, why are you saying that it can't happen for you? Why are you saying that what God promised you isn't going to happen because it has, hasn't happened when you thought it would happen? Why are you saying that God can't take what you've been through and turn it around for your good? Why are you saying these things? And, he, and The Lord says to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? Why did she say, can an old woman like me have a baby? And look at this, look at this statement, look at this question. Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return about this time next year and Sarah will have a son. In that moment, Sarah is in disbelief, and, and the Lord's asking Abraham, like, why did she laugh? Why is she saying, like, well, she's too old to have a baby? He says, Is anything too hard for the Lord? And I love this rhetorical question. Because it is a rhetorical question. Is anything too hard for the Lord? We just have to get that in our hearts, get that, get that in our spirits, that there's not anything that's too hard for the Lord. In this moment, Sarah's questioning. She's like, ah, how in the world is this going to happen? And here's the Lord's response. Is anything too hard for me? And then he just goes right in and he says, no, about this time next year, I'm going to come back. I'm going to return about this time next year, and Sarah's going to have to say, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Because nothing's too hard for the Lord. We're reminded of this again uh, in, in what we would say as part of the Christmas story. The angel Gabriel comes to Mary and tells her that she's going to give birth to the son of God. And toward the end of that passage, there's this, this verse in Luke chapter one, verse 37, it says for the word of God will never fail. You know what this means to me? In other words, if God has said he can and he will, then God will. If God has said he can and he will, then God will. If God has given you a word, if, 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 If you've been reading the word of God and you know this is what God's word says about me, this is what God's word says about my situation, this is what I'm standing on, if God said it, no word from God will ever fail. Jesus reminds us again, this is Matthew 19. He says, Jesus looked at them intently and look at what he says. He says, humanly speaking, it is impossible. But with God, everything is possible humanly speaking in other words if you want to try to figure it out oh it's going to seem impossible if you want to question you know whether or not god can actually love you in the place that you're at if you want to question whether or not god can actually do what he said he can do if you like if you want to question like okay if you're trying to figure it out yeah it seems impossible humanly speaking it's impossible but with god everything is possible And there may be things in your life that seem out of your control. Anybody ever had things in your life that were just out of your control? I mean, you were like, we talked about this a little bit last week and how, you know, it's one of the most frustrating things to to be in a situation and not be able to do anything about it. And sometimes things are just out of our control. But listen, listen, nothing is ever out of God's control. Just because it feels out of your control doesn't mean it's out of God's control. And sometimes we pair the two don't we sometimes we feel like because it's out of our control we lose faith and hope in what god can do and we 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 don't say it out loud but in our hearts we feel like it must be out of god's control too it hasn't happened yet it hasn't happened the way like it's out of my control so it must be out of god's control just because it's out of your control doesn't mean that it's ever out of god's control with god everything Is possible. I was thinking on uh, this title, Subject to Change, have you ever seen, you ever received an advertisement, uh, like a, you know, if it was a poster, or it was on a, a TV, and there was an event coming up, you know, there was something coming and it gave you the date and it gave you the times. Or maybe there was a tour, you know, and you were going to go see somebody live and there was a tour. And a lot of times at the bottom of those advertisements or on that website or on that, you know, TV advertisement or that poster that you get. What does it say a lot of times at the bottom? It may say like times or dates or things or circumstances, whatever, are what? Subject to change. Do you know what that means? It means that everything that we are telling you, everything that you are seeing right now in front of you, could change everything that you are you see right in front of you this situation this event that you're plenty like you need to keep checking back because this is subject to change the time may change the date may change the circumstance may change this is subject to change and as i was thinking about this i was thinking about when they put jesus in the tomb and these guys they roll the stone in front of the tomb and there's this, there's this mentality that this is final. That this is set in stone. But you, you already know this. Jesus didn't stay. This wasn't set in stone. Because on the third day, what we celebrate today is that this was rolled away. And Jesus came out, and when they came to find him, they were, they were... They were asking, why are you looking for the living among the dead? Why are you here looking like, did you, do you not remember that he, he told you? He told you he was going to raise again. Like, he, he told you that this wasn't going to be the end. But it felt like the end. And as I was thinking about this and how it felt like the end for so many people that were standing there, the ones that actually put him in the tomb, and the disciples, kind they kind of they, they go back to like, what do we do now? What do we do now? This is, this is set in stone. This is the final thing. And, and many of us, many of us, we have felt like our circumstance has been set in stone. For some of you, you have felt like the circumstances of your marriage are set in stone. But I came to tell you today that that, by the power of Jesus and what he's done for you, that's subject to change. Some of you are believing that the relationship with your child or the one that you raised, and you're thinking now you're like, we raised them to serve God and they have walked away from God and we don't know what's going on in their life and we have just been praying. And you feel like, I don't know that they are ever going. Come on, you got that family member in your life, that person that you have been praying for and praying for and praying for. And sometimes it feels like, and maybe for you it feels like, it is set in stone that it's been put in the tomb and it's not coming out and this is final but I came to tell you today that that is subject to change it's subject to change some of you even the illness in your body the way that you have been feeling for so long well I've been dealing with this for six months I've been dealing with this for 20 years I think about the woman with the issue of blood 12 years she's been bleeding dealing with this issue and she was like Whoo, I know that if I can just touch Jesus this is subject to change I know that if I can just get a hold of the hem of his garment, I don't even have to say anything. If I can just get close enough to touch his clothing, that can change. It's not set in stone. It's not set in stone. Some of you have felt like your financial situation is set in stone. And you haven't been trusting God with your finances. And you feel like it's set in stone, but no, I came to tell you, if you'll trust God with your finances, if you'll trust God with your child, if you'll trust God with your marriage, if you'll, if you'll, if you'll surrender, if you'll say, you know what, God, I know that, that, that this I can't control this, this thing going on in my body or whatever it is that you're experiencing, but Lord, I trust you with it, and I want to give this to you, and I surrender it to you today, that that is because of what Jesus did for you, that is subject to change. That does not have to stay the same way. You're looking at an advertisement. Come on, the enemy is showing you an advertisement. And some of it, like, this, it's always going to be this way. This is what you can plan for for the rest of your life. There is no hope for you because of how far you have walked away from God. Can I tell you today, no matter how far you've walked away from God, it's always just one step back. Sometimes we feel like we've gotten so far away from God that we have to make this long journey and beat ourselves up, and fix our life, and get things in order, and do things right for so long. Some of you didn't even, maybe you didn't even want to come to church today because you thought, I'm going to walk in there, and everybody's got their life together, and they're all going to be in their collared shirts, and everybody's going to be dressed up, and it's Easter Sunday, and I don't even feel like I can come in church, and the walls are going to collapse if I walk in the door. Some of you are watching online right now because you felt that way. That if I walk in there like somebody invited you to church and you're like, man, if I walk in there, whew, I don't know what will happen. You don't want to know what will happen if I walk into the church. Like, and you feel like you've got to fix things and get things together. And it's like you've walked away from God. You feel far from God. Maybe you've never been in relationship with God. And you feel like you've got to make this long journey all the way back and fix your life. And get it together and do this and do that. And you have been trying to fix things in your own strength. And listen, I came to tell you today, you can't fix it. If you could fix it, why did Jesus need to come? We can't fix ourselves. We can't get it all together. Like we have to surrender our lives to Jesus. And after we surrender our lives to Jesus and we begin to follow him, it's in the following that God's working these things out. It's in the following that we're being sanctified. It's in the following that we're we're recognizing like, oh, that's not God's best for my life. This is what God wants for my life. It's in the following, and we feel like we've got to figure it all out before we can ever even come to Jesus. And Jesus says, no, you don't have to figure anything out. You just come to me, and then we will figure it out. You come to me and put your faith and your trust in me, and, and, and we will figure it out. And for some of us, man, I feel like the enemy has had this advertisement in front of us that it's like this is the way it's going to be. You're too far from God. They don't know what you've done. God could never love you. You used to love God, and you turned your back on him, and everybody's condemned you, and this and this and this and this, and we're missing at the bottom where because of the blood of Jesus Christ, that little that little thing at the bottom that says, oh, no, 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 this is subject to change. This is subject to change. When you give it to Jesus, it's subject to change. No matter what you've done. I don't care what you've done. I don't care where you've been. I don't care what family you came out of. I don't care what your upbringing was. I don't care what you've been taught. Like, You are not disqualified from relationship with your Heavenly Father. And no matter how far today you feel from God, it's one step toward Him. And for you, maybe even the reason that you're here today, you thought, well, we're just coming to an Easter service. And God said, no, I've been chasing you. And it's all led to this moment where God wanted you in a room, sitting next to somebody, or or Him revealing Himself to you through a song, or through His Word, or whatever, and just because you've thought that your situation or your life has been set in stone, it's always going to be this way. No, it's, it's subject to change because of what Jesus has done for you. And some of us have thought that our life is too far gone, that God could never love us. You've thought you could never change. This isn't going to be any different. And I want to encourage you today with this last thing. And I want to end with this. It's never too late. It's never too late. And maybe you're sitting here today and you felt like, boy, it seems like it's too late. No, you're sitting here in this room and you got breath in your lungs. It's not too late. It's never too late. It's never too late for something in your life to change or for you to be changed or for your eternal destination to be changed. One, I love this, one, you know, unlikely character in the, the crucifixion story is the thief on the cross. There were two thieves, and you probably know this, but Jesus was crucified, and there were two thieves that were crucified, one on his right, one on his left. And while he's hanging there, and they're hanging there, and, and, and death is inevitable at that moment, this is, what, this is what the Bible says in Luke chapter 23. It says, one of the criminals hanging beside him scoffed. So you're the Messiah, are you? Prove it by saving yourself and us too while you're at it. But the other criminal protested, Don't you fear God even when you have been sentenced to die? Don't you fear God even when you've been sentenced to die? We deserve to die for our crimes, but this man hasn't done anything wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied, I assure you, today you will be with me In paradise. Can I tell you something? It wasn't too late. Man, some of you feel like you've lived your entire life and you've been far from God and you've done all these things. You're like, I don't know if God can love me. And I've got to, you know, like it can't be that simple. I'm telling you. If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth and you put your faith and trust in Jesus, He wants to save you. He wants relationship with you. For a lot of you, you've even sensed it for a long time. You've been been doing life and you just feel like God has been chasing you down. And you've encountered somebody and they shared a story and you encountered somebody else and now, like all in this moment, you're like, man, maybe all of that was leading me to to this moment where I would recognize, like, I'm not too far gone. I'm not too far away, and it's not too late. And everything can change, listen, in a moment. Everything can change in a moment. And man, maybe like the only thing you need to hear today, if you don't hear anything else, maybe this is for somebody here, is that God loves you. He loves you. And He knows you. He cares about you. And He wants a relationship with you. And it's not too late. It's never too late. Will you stand to your feet today? Come on, your life, listen, your life is subject to change. I just felt so strongly that, that, that you just, you feel like your situation is set in stone feel like it can't be any different, you feel like it'll never be any different, you feel like, listen, for somebody you feel like you've prayed about it before you've tried it before and I'm inviting you today and I believe that the Lord is inviting you today to just place your faith and your trust in Him and allow Him to work out what you feel like has been set in stone and what has been buried and what will never be any different, allow Him to show up in your life and roll the stone away that you thought had secured your fate, that your marriage was never going to be the same that this was going to be the end that this wasn't ever going to pass and God is just trying to remind you or let you know maybe for the first time today when you place your faith and trust in Him it's all subject to change it's all subject to change Will you bow your heads and close your eyes? I know that many of us, many of us in the room today, you've placed your faith in Jesus, and and you've believed in Him, and you're following Him. But I just want to give the opportunity, if there's anybody here today, and we're going to pray this prayer together because we don't want anybody praying alone. But if you're here today, and you just, and you know, right now in this moment, you're like, "I, I know I'm far from God. I know I'm far from God and today I want to surrender my life I want to give everything to Him and I want to lead you in a prayer and there's not anything it's it's not it's not that what I'm going to say is so powerful that it's going to do something in your life it's you believing in your heart and praying this in your heart and confessing this with your mouth that makes all the difference and so I believe if you if you do, if you pray this prayer if you if you feel right now you know I feel I I'm being drawn in this moment this is my moment I know the Lord is drawing me. Then I want you to I want to invite you to pray this with all of us together to say this say Jesus thank you for loving me thank you for laying down your life for me today I receive your forgiveness. I receive your grace, and I invite you to change my life. Help me to follow you from this day forward. Thank you for saving me. I believe that you are the Son of God, and I confess you as Lord and Savior of my life. It's in your name I pray on, Can we clap our hands for anybody that made that decision for the first time? If you made that decision for the first time, I going to invite our prayer team to come down. And, and I would invite you to tell somebody. Tell somebody. Share with somebody the decision you made, the prayer that you prayed, and what God's doing in your life today. And as we sing this last song, we love to end every service with an opportunity for people to receive prayer. So if you're here today, we're going to sing one final song. We're going to declare in this place one last time that God is more than able. He's more than able. He can do it. He can do it. He's more than able. Amen? And if you need prayer for anything in your life, we all need prayer from time to time. All you got to do is just slip out of your seat, come find somebody down here. We would love to pray for you. God, we thank you. We thank you for today and what it represents. And Lord, we celebrate you. We're so thankful. So thankful for your blood that was shed on the cross. But God, we are thankful that you did not stay in the grave. You, you came out. You, you were raised back to life so we can have a life. And we thank you for that today. And Holy Spirit, I pray if there's any person here today who needs prayer for anything in their life. That you would draw them for prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.